We've been in this series uh, called How God Can Grow Your Faith for a, a few weeks now. We've been looking at different circumstances that we can find ourselves in where God can grow our faith. These are circumstances where we can make the choice to be in, to allow that faith to grow. Or it, it could also be just where we find ourselves in just different circumstances, and that grows our faith as well. Now, there is something I know about growth. Growth just doesn't happen. There are specific actions that we need to take for growth to happen. You, you just can't tell yourself to grow your faith. You have to put yourself in environments and allow yourself to go through some things that maybe you wouldn't choose, but that will grow your faith. Now, we want everyone in our church to grow into Jesus. Now, even if you don't call yourself a Jesus follower here today, we want you to know about the Jesus that you're investigating. We want you to investigate that faith. We want that faith to grow by picking up some practices that will encourage that faith to grow. Now, we know that there are things we can choose to encourage growth. There, there are also times we just, we just find ourselves in these circumstances, and it wasn't our choice to be in this situation, but they help us grow too. A few weeks ago, I talked about how tests and trials help us grow. These circumstances that we just find ourselves in, they just happen to us. Today, I'd like to talk about something else that can just happen to us beyond our influence. We don't have a choice, but if we don't pause and if we don't seek God in those circumstances, we'll miss an amazing opportunity to grow. For many of us, we have goals. We, we want to make a certain amount of money. We want to have a certain kind of job. We want to have a certain size of house. And what do we do? We put a plan into place. We, we work to see it accomplished. But what happens when that doesn't happen? How do we react? For some of us, it looks like a roadblock or a detour, or maybe you have two options and there's a fork in the road. A moment where our lives have to pivot. Our lives are going fine, and for some reason, something gets in the way where we don't want to be, or something we encounter happens, and we're not sure what to do with it. Now, it's probably not even a, a huge event. It's, it's something that just happens to us. You know, like we plan to go on vacation, and then someone in our family plans a wedding, and we have to go. What do we do with that? Today, I'm talking about how these everyday interruptions happen in our lives that, that you wouldn't call it a trial, maybe just an annoyance or a detour, but we want to talk about how that can help you grow in your faith. Like I said before, it might not even be a bad event or a good event. It's just an event. Something happens. And, and, and as Jesus followers, you should believe that God is involved in your everyday life. There's a verse that reminds us of this. It, it was a part of an ancient song. And this is how this song ended in Psalm chapter 21, verse 8. The psalmist writes, The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. As people would sing this song, they would remind themselves that every day God was looking over you. Everything that happened might not be perfect, but God knew what was going on. God is watching over you. God knows what you're facing and he knows what you need. Have you ever made plans? Thought it was a good plan only to find a roadblock that was keeping you from getting to your goal? This is where we are going today. 
Today, we're going to talk about seeing God in those everyday events and growing through them. Today, we're going to be in Acts chapter 16, and you're welcome to grab your Bibles and turn there now or log on with your smartphones. The, the book of Acts is a great record of how Jesus is at work in the everyday lives of the people who are were, who were starting the church. For those who don't know, or maybe you need just a little update, Acts is part two of Luke's writing. Now Luke, he was a doctor in the first century, and right at the beginning of the church, he takes some time and investigates what really went on, you know, just so it can be passed on to the next generation. Luke's first letter was described as an orderly account of what happened when, you know, when Jesus was physically here on earth. Now he has written a second letter to the same person, his friend Theophilus. This letter is what the, the first church ended up calling Acts of the Apostles. Now, Luke is sharing the stories of the early stages of the church. Acts picks up where the Gospels, the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where they leave off. Up to this point in, in history, in the New Testament, Jesus was there physically. Now Jesus is gone, and he's passed the leadership of this movement called the church to his followers. Now, these are really important letters. Luke, he's actually responsible for about 25% of the New Testament with just these two letters, Luke and Acts. But if you were, if, if you were to look at this movement that Jesus started, you might look at it from the outside and you might guess that this movement's going to fail. Because Jesus, he was, he was amazing. He was the best leader this world has ever seen. He could, he could hold the attention of thousands of people. And no matter who you were, you could take something from the stories. The stories were amazing, but you could take something from all the stories he shared. Jesus could debate with the best of them, and now he has died and he has left his movement to this group of uneducated fishermen, tax collectors. And in, this, in the very first few chapters of Acts, you really look at these guys and you see no rock stars. This movement that Jesus started is beating the odds. No one saw this coming from that group. And now this uneducated group of fishermen and, and Paul were changing culture all over the known world. Don't forget that Luke is writing history. And up to this point, it's come to him secondhand. But he, he's gotten it from someone else. But in a few minutes, we'll see that Luke had a firsthand look at what happened. Luke was close to these guys that we're reading about. Luke, Luke maybe heard of them as they sat around fire, fires at night, or maybe they were underneath the deck of a ship and they're going to the next city and they, he heard the stories. So we believe that this is accurate. So let's pick up this journey of these guys going around the world, spreading this message of Jesus. Acts chapter 16, verse 6. Next, Paul and Silas traveled the area of Phrygia in Galatia, because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at the time. That's interesting. Verse 7, then coming to the borders of Messiah, they headed north to the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. Verse 8, so instead, they went on through Messiah, through the seaport of Troas. Now, Luke doesn't give us a lot of information in this story, not a lot of details. I'm sure there's a lot in this story that we are missing. Not, of, not a lot of why they weren't allowed to go where they really wanted to go. Luke just leaves it as the Holy Spirit prevented them. What did that look like for them to be given this 
detour? Why did the spirit of Jesus keep them going to Asia? Didn't, didn't the people need Jesus there too? <laughs> Luke doesn't say. It could have been a few things. It could have been a check in their spirit, which is a very Christian way of saying they just had a feeling. <laughs> it may have been a closed road. Maybe, maybe they had someone who was going to take them there and that person just couldn't make it. Or maybe, maybe they didn't have their immunizations. <laughs> these guys, these guys have plans. Up to this point, they'd been on a roll, but for some reasons, the plans that they, they had hit a snag. They'd visited different cities. And was it all easy? No, but they're, they're, they're starting churches. They're seeing Gentiles making the commitment to follow Jesus. And actually in the, in the chapter, right before the chapter we just read, they, they had their very first church business meeting in Jerusalem. There was a little bit of a dispute on what it really meant to follow Jesus. And their wisdom kept the very first church from splitting. Now, their travels up to this point wasn't easy. But there seemed to be open doors everywhere they went. But all of a sudden, the door that they wanted to go through was closed. Their next step seemed to be blocked. Luke is being very clear here. That it's not the enemy that's not allowing them to go where they want to go. But it's the spirit. We have this happen in our lives too, don't we? Well, we make plans and something happens. The, the next steps we wanted to take in our lives or our jobs is blocked. What should we do when we find there's a pivotal circumstance in our way? What should we do when we feel like we're not getting, when, when we feel like we're getting a knot now from the Spirit of God? Well, let's first look at what Paul and Silas do when they couldn't get into Asia. Uh, what I love about these guys is that they didn't sit still. They kept trying other opportunities. Uh, now, I know when I'm stopped from doing what I want to do, I sometimes do nothing. Paul and Silas didn't take that as a sign to do nothing. It was their sign to do something different. For these guys, doing nothing wasn't an option. But what does this look like for us? How should we respond when we face one of these pivotal events? For Christians, and if you're not a Christian today, you, you might point to us and say that we, get, we sometimes get a little weird about this. For some of us, when we don't get our way, we wonder why. And this is where the weird part is. We, we sometimes wonder, is there a sin in my life that's keeping me from getting all that Jesus wants for me? This passage shows us that sometimes it just happens. Sometimes the Spirit of God keeps us from taking a step that we, we really want to take. For some of us, it might, not like, it might look like not getting into the school that we had planned for, or the relationship that you were in ending without warning. So what can we do when we have a detour that we weren't expecting? When we hit those pivotal moments that to us look like a dead end, a good question to ask God is, God, give something better for me. This, this can happen to us, right? It might be as simple as you had plans to maybe go to Stanley Park for one summer afternoon, but then on the news you hear of this huge festival happening there and you think, we don't want to deal with the extra traffic and the extra crowds. Maybe we should just change our plans. Or, or, or maybe it's more impactful than that. You might have applied for a job. You really want this job. This is your dream job. You've been praying for this job. 
and you pray and it doesn't work out and you're so disappointed, what do you do? I know this has been my story a few times, thinking of all the opportunities that I didn't get that I really, really wanted, but being thankful now that I didn't get those other jobs. Me not getting that job was just on the path for me getting the job that was the best for me. Or maybe that person, re- that person rejecting you in that relationship was just on the path for you to end up with the person you should really be with. Maybe you've seen this too. This pivotal moment when you're going through it seems like a setback. But in reality, in hindsight, it's a blessing. But the thing, the thing I've noticed about this is that you can only see it when you're looking at it from this side of, the, this side of history. This is what Luke is doing here as well. Writing this letter years later, he, he looks back and he sees that these guys weren't allowed to go to the place that they really wanted to go. And I'm sure, I'm sure in this moment it was confusing, not being able to do something that they really wanted to do, something they felt God wanted them to do. But they kept pushing forward, growing in their faith, knowing that God might have something better for them. When you face this, in the moment you're confused, but when you look back, you see God involved. Only when you look back do you see God working in your confusing times. When you wonder, God, what do you really want? This is the place where God often wants us to find him, working in ways we might not see him while we're in it, but seeing the fingerprints all over that pivotal circumstance on this side of history. Often, in hindsight, what appears to be a disaster is God's grace. A few weeks ago, Pastor Phil quoted one of his favorite philosophers, Chris Rock. Maybe one of my favorite philosophers, Garth Brooks, framed it the best when he said this, some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. I know that it's not in the Bible, but there might be some truth to that. Well, let's look how this story ends, this this story that we don't have a lot of details on. Acts chapter 16, verse 9. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. I don't know how you react when you don't get your way. I know that when sometimes I I, I face this, I I do nothing. I, I might complain. Nothing that is put in front of me. Any other options I don't want because I have the best ideas, right? But God might have better plans. So, you know, uh, but I, I, won't, I won't accept them. I'll ask accusing questions. I'll refuse to go forward. And when I do, I might be missing out on what God has for me. I love it that these guys just didn't sit there and miss out and try to get their way. They were open to what God had for them. They kept going forward. When they hit that roadblock in their lives, they asked the question, God, do you have something better for me? They weren't set on their plans, but what God had for them. And they saw, they saw their faith grow because they put their trust in the one who knew more than they knew themselves. Solomon, who might have been the wisest man who ever lived, said this in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Solomon, the wisest person in the world, knew that he needed to submit his plans to God's plans. 
Solomon knew that God would be in the pivotal moments that he faced. And when he saw him there, when he saw God there in those pivotal circumstances, that would grow his faith. I think that God brings us things that are his will all the time. But we don't follow his lead because we want to be in charge. God can grow your faith in these pivotal moments. You just have to look for them. And you have to put aside your will and let God be in charge. Another interesting point. Did you notice the language change in that last verse? In verse 10, the language changes and it's, and it's, it's just subtle. Up to this point, this story is all about Paul and his friends or Peter and his friends. And Luke uses phrases like the Holy Spirit had prevented them. They headed north. The Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. Then Luke writes, we decided to leave. Luke writes, we. Many theologians think that this is the point where Luke joined this team traveling around the known world. Just think that if Paul and Silas pushed their way into Asia, if they complained long enough and loud enough, maybe talked to the right people, who knows? Maybe they might have gotten in. If they did that, they would have missed maybe one of the most influential people in the early church. If they hadn't allowed God to speak to them during this moment, we would have missed 25% of the New Testament. No birth story of Jesus, which means no Christmas for us, no Boxing Day sales. That might be a good thing, but maybe a, maybe a more important thing is no early church history of where this movement of the church came from. In this pivotal moment, they didn't get what they wanted, but something so much better. They knew that maybe that God had something better for them. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah said it this way, and he's quoting God, for just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. What are you missing out on? You can dig your heels in and argue with God. God, not your will, but mine. You can do that. But you might be missing out on something amazing. You might be missing out on someone coming into your life who will make a massive impact. You're for, you're, you will for sure be missing out on allowing God to grow your faith. Let me pray for you today. Father, uh, I really know, I understand that there are things in our lives all the time that seem like disturbances, that seems like detours. God, I pray that we might be able to look back on them and see your fingerprint on them, to, to see your design on our lives. God, I thank you that you don't always give us everything we want, but everything we need. God, and that should help our faith to grow, that you look out for us, that you know us, that you know our names. So God, we're thankful for that. So even today, God, I pray that you would just continue to remind us that you are not only here in our present moment, but you are also in our past, and we just have to look for you there, and that will grow our faith. In Jesus' name I pray, amen question of the day. This is an opportunity for you to discuss what we've just been talking about. You can talk about this with the people you're watching with, or you can think about this on your own. And here's the question. In hindsight, is there anything that has happened in your life that when you were experiencing it, it seemed like bad news, but only after time did you see it as a good thing? Go ahead and talk about that now.
our lives often take major turns without warning. Everything was going well, and then it's, and it's going in a direction you didn't want it to go. What do you do? It's important to pause every now and then and see what God has done. A lot of our scripture are a reminder of how God is taking care of his people. If we don't look back and see, we forget and our faith won't be strengthened. If you're a Jesus follower today, what would it look like for you every now and then to pause and look back and see where God was really involved in your everyday disturbances? I really believe that God is at work more than we know, but we just miss it. Let that understanding that God was at work, he was thinking of you and that he had a plan for you. He wants to encourage you as you face something, maybe even this week where you think, well, this wasn't in my plans. Maybe today you wouldn't call yourself a follower of Jesus. And even though you wouldn't claim that you're not following Jesus, as you look back, you may have seen some circumstances in your life that seemed random. You didn't know what they were doing there. Today, I I want to encourage you to look back. I truly believe that God knows you and he has a plan for you as well. Let that encourage you, helping you know that there is a God who loves you and has a plan for your life. I really believe that he is here in this present moment, but he was also there in your past, putting you in circumstances that you thought were just random. He was there helping your faith grow, maybe closing doors that you really wanted open, only to find out that someone has something so much better for you. Jude chapter 1 verse 24 and 25 says this, To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hopefully you have a fantastic week.